Hello, hello, and welcome to the Book Buzz Show. I am your host, Cheryl Brooks. And um, if you are new, welcome. If you are returning, welcome back to the show. Um, if you enjoyed the upcoming show, please like, follow, share, and um, subscribe to the channel. Um, that way others can enjoy it as well. Uh, for those who are new here to the Book Buzz Show, um, we do give, uh, we do go into the book a little bit with, and talk about the characters. Um, there are some minor spoilers, but we don't give anything major away that will ruin it for anyone. Um, in addition to being a live broadcast, uh, the Book Buzz Show is also now a podcast. So you can also find us uh, wherever you get your podcasts on those platforms and make sure to follow us there as well under the Book Buzz Show with Cheryl. Um, that way you can catch us when you're on the go as well. Um, also, we do offer a sponsorship package and ad spot opportunities for those who would like to um, sponsor an episode or uh, promote your brand uh, with one of our ad spots. You can just go to our website, iaspirebooks2.com, and that's the number two to get inf more information on that. Um, tonight, we are discussing Severe. Let me pull up the cover for you all. There's the cover, uh, Severe by Keita Kendrick. And I can't wait to get into this book. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, as I was telling her um, before we came on, before we uh, came on screen. Um, and without further Ado, I will bring her on. Tonight's guest is Keita Kendrick, and we welcome her to the stage. Welcome, Keita. And uh, looks like we have a couple people out in the audience already. Hello, Ola. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Lisa. Thank you for joining us. She says she loves your cover. I think you, uh, let me see. I think you're still, you're on mute. I took you off. Okay. <laughs> she says she's, she loves your book cover. Yeah, it is nice. Thank you, Lisa. <laughs> All right. Let me pull this up too while I'm at it so people can see the name of the book. All right. And so we'll just get right into it. Um, for those who are new to you, can you, um, Introduce yourself, uh, give us a little background, and uh, let us know what genre you write. My name is Keita Kendrick. Um, I write contemporary and paranormal romance, but there is a but. My <laughs> favorite, <laughs> my favorites to write is mafia romance and motorcycle club romance. So if anybody already knows me, they know I love writing those. Yes, <laughs> and I love them. Those are I love motorcycle. Some motorcycle club, but some of them get a little too dark for me. But um, but I love yours, and I, I love all your stuff actually. Thank um, you. The only one that I that I haven't read yet is the Twisted series, and that's because of the title. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I want to. Uh, I don't know if it's, I can handle it. <laughs> it's not that bad. It's, it's not, not that bad. If you, okay. if you read, if you read Chaos, you definitely can read Twisted. Okay. 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 Yeah. Cause I'm telling you, that's the only thing that kept me. I'm like, okay, I can't deal with it. <laughs> and if you if you've read Severe, you definitely can read Twisted. Okay, okay, good to know. Um, also, can you tell us a little bit about your writing journey from uh, when you first started until now? Like, uh, did you start out? Oh yeah, published, um, independent. Uh, I am both. Um, I started out um, independent publishing just kind of as a tester with my paranormals to see what would happen mm. and just to kind of see if I can do it on my own. And then it took me a long, long time, uh, I think like 10 years after that, to get back into writing. Oh, really? that's when I, yeah, that's when I went traditional. Um, my Twisted series and my Chaos uh, series are published. Uh, okay. traditionally, and then everything else I published on my own. Okay. 
So how long did it take you from the, when you first wrote the first book to um, when you published it? About 10 years. Because I, I, I was doing it as a hobby way back in, I think, 2004. And then it took me until like 2014 to start, you know, putting it. I was so afraid to put it out there. And when I put it out there, it was my paranormal books just to kind of test the waters and see, you know, what would happen. And then I put those out and then I stopped writing again because I got back into my um, my personal career. And then four years later, that's when I dropped um, the Twisted series in 2017. Okay, okay. So it's been um, a journey. Yes. <laughs> um, now, when you're deep in uh, your writing mode, what's a typical day look like for you? For me, I am a weekend writer. Okay. I, I usually write mostly on weekends, some weekdays. Um, I do work for the government, so the job can be very demanding. So a lot of times I'm I'm just strictly just writing on weekends. So when readers are asking me to put out books, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm trying. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. How long does it usually take you to write um, a book? How many books do you put out a year? Uh, if I can get, I you I know for sure I can get at least two out. If I can get three, or squeeze in four, that's doing like I'm doing super. Um, the one time I think I got four out in one year was doing when COVID first happened because I had oh, wow. I was still working but I was um, teleworking a lot so I had time to you know sit there and write. Right. Um, actually, I think two putting out two a year is good when you work in another um, full time job. I think that's that's excellent. Oh yeah. Two yeah. is my. I know I can do that. Uh, Jennifer, hello. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Jennifer. All right. And um, something I always um, as writers, too, is uh, because writing can be so isolating um, a profession. How do you manage? Uh, how do you make sure that you stay connected, like with family and friends? Uh, for me, um, I, I try to get out a lot. I go have dinner and, and sit with ladies and chat and talk. And we have our drinks and I, I like to run. I get out and run. I'm a member of like two run groups here locally. So we we have competition. Um, sometimes I get my little medals and you can't tell me anything. <laughs> <laughs> so I try to make sure it's a good balance because like you said, it really is isolating. But for, I, I gotta say this for a lot of us though, it's kind of like therapy. Like if the outside world is really getting to you. Oh you yeah. Know, yes. I can imagine. I can. I can see that. I can see that. Um, now, do you have any writing quirks that you like when you're like any kind of routine things you do or favorite items while you're writing that you have to have? Uh, no, I listen to music and believe it or not, like a lot of the readers will send me stuff to listen to. Um, I know in the group I used to get a lot of music. Um, from readers telling me, you know, this might inspire a sex scene or this might inspire okay. this. And I don't, they probably don't, they, they probably think I don't listen to it, but I actually do. So a lot of the stuff I listen to, it comes from reader suggestion. Um, oh, I, I listen to that. Yes. And I, uh, I, um, I, sometimes I have, when I'm writing the deaf scene, I always have eye playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so I detail them back there. You got Joe Kinder. That and all definitely would be there. Yeah, I can yeah. see that keeping you in that mess. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, how did the idea for this book come about? Like, when you when you're getting the idea, does do you come up with the plot first, or is the character first that you come up with? This one, mm -hmm. it, it it came straight from the readers. I can I got to give them the credit because this character was a side character in my Carolina Reaper novella, and oh. I got inboxed asking for severe and I was like for severe the man had like two lines in the book was it that good he didn't have a he, he didn't have a whole lot in that book but I guess the little bit it had was it, it did something to people so they started inboxing me and I thought they would inbox me about um Israel's brothers mm -hmm. and they did <laughs> 
but they inboxed me more about Severe than anybody else in that book. And I was like, this, there's something about this character. He's connecting with people somehow. And he's one of the darkest people I think I wrote. So <laughs> when, when, when you get a lot of people that, you know, they keep asking about a character, it, it, I think it just sparks something in your brain to say, right. okay, there's something about this guy. So now this guy's in my head and he's trying to tell me his story. I love that. And I told you before we came on that I really love the character, even though he had um, some dark tendencies. <laughs> um, uh, it was still something he still, you still kept him, you still humanized him in other ways. Um, which I love throughout the book. Um, and that leads me into my next question. Um, your heroes and storylines can be dark at times. So how do you balance that with the romantic elements in your stories? Um, like the relationship mm -hmm. between the hero and the hero, the hero, heroine. Um, Cause I think so we talked about about before we came on that, like I used to read a lot of, um, dark romance um, years ago, but I had to put it down a lot of it because the lines would be blurred to me as far as what's what romance and uh, abuse. It would like, to me, tip towards abuse sometimes. But with your characters, I noticed in your stories that I've read, you never go, You the, the, the guy, even though he can be dark, he is never dark towards the, the, the woman in his life. Oh no, if there's one thing I'm gonna do, I'm going to make sure that man goes hard for his woman. Uh, the abuse for me, my, my, we call it dark romance, but I think my books have dark themes because the romance yeah. part of it, I never really make it that dark where he, where, where the man is abusing the woman. Mm -hmm. That's just not something I probably would ever do in one of my books. It'll and be I, the exact he, he'll, it'll be the exact opposite. He might kill everybody in the book. Right. Book. He would never. <laughs> right. Everybody else, everybody else is fair game, but you better not come yeah. nowhere, anywhere near his woman. That's for real. Yeah. But um, exactly. that's, that's definitely severe. Um, and that's why I, I love your books and I love your characters. I love the male characters and the female characters because um, you write strong female characters as well. Um, but what I, I, I love too is even though the female characters are strong, they still like, they don't emascul try to emasculate the guy um, in the story. So I love that. Uh, were there any challenges in writing Severe's um, character or any other darker scenes in the book? Believe it or not, Severe was, for me, was very easy to write. The hmm. thing that I had to watch out for was I had to do a lot of studying about the psychological part of it because I didn't want to go too too far off the deep end with that. Um, Jade's character was harder to write for me because I had to find somebody to balance this dark guy out. Right. So for me, her character is, and for me, the female characters are always harder to write for me than the males. For some reason, I have no idea why. Hmm. But severe was really easy for me to write. I love that. And um, I was going to ask you, too, about research. So you answered that as far as you had to research the psychological, because he had a lot going on um, yes. um, behind the scenes. <laughs> mm. uh, um, for those who haven't read the book yet, can you give them an idea of what the book is about? Give a synopsis of it. Okay, we got um, Severe. He is a professional um, killer, uh, unaliver, however you want to say it. Um, he gets his, his next target. And for this guy, he studies his targets before he kills them. So he's studying his target, and his target is Jade. And he's looking, he's studying this woman, and he's like, well, she don't fit my usual, she, I'm overkill for her. She just don't fit. Something that's just not right. And so he's he's thinking on it, he's thinking and he's holding back. And something is just making him hold back. And then all he held back a little bit too long because one night when he spied on her, there's another assassin trying to take out his target. And he's like, Oh no, 
she is mine to kill. We, we, you know, and he has to end up, he, he has to end up saving the person that he's supposed to kill to try to figure out, you know, why is another assassin trying to right. kill my target? Right. So from there, the story just spins into this chaotic. Oh my God! It it, it feeds on chaos. Yes, and, and you did an excellent job of the the action scenes were incredible. Um, the fight scenes. Um, now, did you study that as far as like look at any movies or anything to get the coordinate the uh, hand to hand combat down? As far as because you did a good job of of describing uh, severe and other characters' movements when they were fighting. Uh, for me, um, the hand-to-hand -hand comes a little bit easy because in my my husband passed in 2009. He he taught he he was a black belt in Taekwondo, so he taught me some stuff okay. and a lot of the stuff I remember. So a lot of the hand-to-hand -hand combat stuff, and he was in the big into weapons, and then okay. of course I'm military. So the the action stuff is really easy for me to do. I love that, <laughs> and um, it definitely comes through because. Uh, that was what it was so exciting when I was reading it. It felt like I was could visualize it as it was happening. So I, I, I really, I really give you kudos on that because um, that's one of the things um, when I'm reading like anything with like suspense or thriller. I love, I love the suspense and the thriller, but I also love like the action and um, things like that. So you, you definitely brought it with this, uh, with this book. Now, the main characters, Jade and uh, Severe, can you describe, give their backstory a little bit so they, the audience knows a little bit about who they are as characters? Severe and Jade, oh my goodness, I put these people through some drama. Um, <laughs> both uh, Severe and Jade had very traumatizing childhoods, and they, they had, uh, Severe had a very abusive mother that did things to him that caused him to pretty much have to protect himself in a in a unusual way. So as a man, he he just can't really be normal. He has mm -hmm. to actually study people to try to be normal. Mm -hmm. And then uh Jade, she was um put into a trafficking ring when she was younger. For both of them, their traumatizing past is carried over into their adult life. And mm -hmm. both try to, you know, look normal in front of other people, but the demons are there lingering. Right. And I think um, that you, you show um, how they were drawn together. Um, and it, it, may, it may be more than just uh, the circumstances. Um, it, it, it's when you, when you find out more about their background and how similar how they both are traumatized and um, you feel like it was meant to be for them to meet. Um, yes. Um, for Jade, she she took her trauma and she put it towards helping people like the less fortunate. Mm -hmm. Severe, so he took his and he just he just embraced his ability to underwrite. Let's just put it that way. Yes, he definitely embraces it. And Ola says it sounds like an exciting read. It is, Ola. If you like um, romantic suspense, um, you definitely will love this book and, and, and all of her books, actually. <laughs> um, her Chaos series is another one that's a good one. Uh, let's see. Now, did you have anyone in particular in mind when you were coming up with um, the look of the characters, like any character, any inspirations that came to mind when you were thinking of Severe and Jade? Uh, for Severe, um, for, I kept him, I don't think we got to see his face until past halfway through the book. Mm -hmm. Because when I introduced him in Carolina Reaper, he always had a, like a cap pulled down over his face, ever see his face. And he was always in black clothes covered from head to toe. So you really didn't get a good picture of this man. You you, right. you pretty much were seeing a shadow of him for most of the book. And then finally, 
Jay got him to take that hat off and you finally got a description of severe and you're probably going to be surprised. Um, for Jay, I didn't have anybody in my, <laughs> I had to wing her, her looks. I was like, well, who, who, do, who does Jay look like? And I was thinking of all kinds of actors and it kind of, I kind of pieced together like two or three actors and, and gave Jay her personality and her okay. looks. Yeah, because even with Severe, when when you when 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 she finally did the parts that she did see of him, you got uh, it, you were you described him as being um, pale, but not uh, I can't remember the word you you used, but um, not to the point where he was just no no color to him at all. But oh yeah, um, yeah. She, then, she saw bits and pieces of him, so she was trying to right. piece them together herself. For, uh, right, because right, right. Right, at first she thought he was very, very slim. Um, and then when she actually saw him without all the black on, she saw well, he's he's toned. Um, he has more uh, more to him than what I thought. Um, yep. So you, it was it was like you. He she, uh, she was getting he was revealing a little bit more each time. To her, um, but it took a while before she saw <laughs> saw anything. But like just his hands and um, part of his face, his profile. Um, if you, this is a good time to go into the excerpt if you um, want to read that, and then we can get a little into the book. Okay, um, everybody, bear with me. I do have a thick, very thick Southern accent, so sometimes um, those words don't come out quite the way <laughs> you might be used to. Um, let me set this scene up. Um, this okay. is to uh, this is at the beginning of the book. Um, they are at their motorcycle club um, annual party. It's like the birthday celebration for the Carolina Reapers. And Severe is so damaged to the point where he doesn't really socialize. His his um his his cousin, uh, who is the president of the motorcycle club, has to force him to like participate in events and things like that. So he's at the party and instead of, you know, socializing with everybody, he's standing in the dark corner, kind of observing everyone and then eavesdropping on everyone. So this and then um, I, I have to say this severe do hear voices. There's a voice in severe's head. So he's standing in the corner, pretty much kind of talking to himself and spying on everyone. So I'm, I'm going to start there. I ignored my brain stem and telling me to go through with something that didn't make sense. Shut up, I muttered through gritted teeth. You're a fucking sociopath who gets off on killing. You sick fuck. You used someone's entrails as your jump rope a month ago, and now you're putting yourself in time out? What the fuck? Kill her. He's the, the voice in his head is telling him to kill, kill Jade already and stop, you know, studying her. It's time to kill her. His voice was roaring angrily in my head. You're, you're getting on my nerves. Shut up, he grumbled. A deep breath did nothing to provide an ounce of relief. There had to be a way to get him out of my head. I tapped the side of my temple with, my palm, with the palm of my hand, hoping it would quiet him. If only for a minute. You don't even have a body. You live unwanted in my head. So why don't you shut up and let me, the one who actually uses brain cells, figure this out, I said under my breath. Although I couldn't help my facial expressions and hand gestures that indicated I was speaking to someone. On occasion, I answered myself in the presence of others. I didn't care what people thought of me. I was, it was the best thing about having a freeloading demon in my head. It kept people away with their questions and noise and irritating conversations I didn't want to hear. Jadis McKenzie, Jadis McKenna, Jadis, who is um, his target, didn't fit the definition of my usual targets. I was overkill for someone like her, which leads me to believe that there was something off about her in this death note. In the seven years that I've been a member of the order, that was, this was the first time I seriously questioned the validity of a kill order. My instincts haven't failed me since I became a member of the Hell Reapers MC. 
nor had they failed me when I graduated to Reaper under the order, a secret society of assassins. Where's your weird-ass cousin? The question pulled me back into my current reality, as well as made me slink further into the dark corner in which I stood, eavesdropping. No disrespect, and if I ever go to hell, I want him with me. However, I execute people for a living, and he gives me the fucking creeps. Popper, one of the Reaper brothers, told his cousin, Makai, there's no other person in the building they could have been talking about except me. He's not weird. He just takes, it just takes an advanced brain like mine to know how to read him, Makai replied. A loud snort laugh was Popper's response. Tell that to the last 10 poor fucks he's killed. Most of his shit makes national news. It's the kind of shit not even the order can cover up. They are calling him the Antichrist. Papa dropped his head and lowered his voice. But I read lips better than most. I got a few screws knocks loose myself. But him, he fucking talks to people who aren't there. Aren't you worried he might snap one day and or some shit? Makai had chuckled. Nope, my cousin has his shit together better than you think. Papa's quick side eye said he wasn't convinced. Makai, as well as my cousins Israel and Eli, were the only people who advocated for my sanity. They didn't believe my mind was compromised. They were blindly optimistic when it came to me due to our blood relationship. My long-lost father was their uncle. However, they, as well as others, should have been afraid, very afraid, because there were times when I wasn't altogether sure I could control what was living inside me. Like now, instead of mingling with the rest of my club brothers, I was lurking, listening, and observing their behavior. Studying them while they were unaware was how I learned the proper mannerisms I needed when I faked my way through certain impromptu work issues. I enjoyed the way most people regarded me with caution. It gave me a sick sense of pride to scare those who were labeled monsters themselves. Social gatherings or anything that involved people laughing and drinking made me want to swallow gasoline-soaked razor blades and chase them down with a lit zippo. An order from my cousin Makai, also the president of our motorcycle club, was usually the only reason I attended any events. Locally, we were known as the Carolina Harrowers Motorcycle Club. This particular party was the club's annual birthday celebration. The party was being hosted at the Armory, the location known as our official club campus. The women, the drinking, and the public displays of sexual acts that took place at our parties turned my stomach. The usual hangarounds, or community pussy, as my brothers called them, knew not to approach me. People, they were too self-absorbed talk too much, were emotional for no reason, and were too needy of attention. I craved solitude. Doing my job and doing it well was all the ego stroking I needed. I stepped from the shadows of the thick, dusty curtains hanging from the door-to-ceiling windows in the lobby of the old military barracks my cousins had converted into a ballroom. This old army was the armory was the perfect club hangout spot and stand-in for our real motorcycle club compound. Ground Zero was like Area 51. Those who speculated it would never find it. The ones who believed it existed and knew of its existence were probably dead. The order who trained and funded us didn't even know about Ground Zero. Hi, handsome. One of the newest hangarounds slinked up to me, smiling like she could see my face through the brim of my black cap. I reached out a hand to keep her from getting too close. She glanced at my pale hand before angling her neck up, attempting to get a peek at my face. You want, want to have fun, she asked, poking out her chest. She left nothing to be desired in a red tube top and a baby blue miniskirt she kept pulling down her legs. I want to know if a woman's uterus will go into rigor 
if she dies while we're fucking and I keep going while she's dead. The smile melted from her face before she gulped down in hard swallows. What? She asked like her brain had trouble processing what I said. I took a step closer, towering over her. My low cap obscured her face from her view. She was smart enough to step back. Would you like to be my test subject? My curiosity is getting the better of me, I whispered, noticing bumps peppering her arms at my questions. Mouth hanging open, she backed up, turned, and marched away so, fa so fast her heels wobbled under her quick steps. And there goes another one, a familiar voice said behind me. I turned to meet Makai's smile. When are you going to stop scaring all the women away and actually fuck one of them? He was forgetting that I did, I, that I didn't turn down all the women he and Israel sent to me for sexual gratification. I fucked them, just not with my own body parts. He lifted a hand and squinted at whatever image had entered his mind. Don't answer that. The few you did touch never returned to any of our parties, he said, shaking his head. He also tracked down a few to make sure I hadn't murdered him. We're having church tomorrow instead of Sunday. I also need to talk to you about something, he said. I knew what that something entailed, and the last thing I wanted to do was talk about the kill order I hadn't executed yet. I nodded and stepped off, sensing my cousin's eyes on my back as I sought the comfort of another dark corner. So there we go. We start. That's how Severe starts off. You get a good glimpse of how dark he is mentally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I. It was. It was. It was interesting the way you described him, and then it was interesting seeing him in the settings with with other people, and how he stayed in the shadows, and how, like you said, he observed people to know how to interact. Um, when he was on assignment, they talked about in the book about how he was able to be, be normal, basically, and look like a normal person as long as he was on a mission. He yeah. was able to play. He, he, he would stand back and study people to, to just to figure out how can I be normal because I need to do know how to do my job. So I got to figure out how to at least act normal. Right. And... I, it was so many. It was so many layers to him um, and to Jay that um, you find out a little more of their story, their backstory as the as the story goes on. And I love discovering more about them. Um, one of my favorite scenes in the book was when uh, Jay and Severe were when she was staying at the compound and. They were they were starting to get closer, even though he was fighting that because he knew that he still was she was still a target, even though she didn't. No. <laughs> um, and she had him lay on the pillow that was on her lap, and then he she started stroking his hair, and he was facing away from her, and she got him to open up about you know his his trauma, his childhood trauma. And she also opened up, and I thought that was a that was one of my favorite moments. That was a heartfelt moment for me. Um, and you did a great job describing it. Um, what was one of your favorite scenes to write? Um, I'm for me, it's always gonna be the action scenes. But um, to touch back on the scene you describing, it was like her being around him was like it was giving her therapy piece by piece, and for. For him, he, he never had anybody take any time with him to actually try to know him beyond what they saw. So she looked past all the crazy and tried to get you know into his mind. And she, she was able to help him release some of the trauma that he had going on there. For me, yeah. whew, my favorite scene was um, when they got caught in the Reaper net in that building. Oh, uh, yes. The uh, other assassins were using their own, um, their own, you know, reaper nets to trap them in, and Severe turned that building into a, um, how do you say? Let's just say a lot of people died. 
Right, right, right. <laughs> and you did. Oh, I, I love um, the world that you the the world building because one of the one of my favorite genres is fantasy and uh, paranormal, and it's because I love especially especially fantasy because I love the world building. But even in this, you did a great job with world building. Um, I love the world building or the way you describe the organization. Um, that he was a part of in the six and how how it all oh. is the hierarchy and all of that. And uh even when when uh they when he took her to the compound for the first time and just them in the boat and describing the alligators and the uh and the lizards and snakes and stuff in the swamps and all of it. And then when she when you go through the gate and you're thinking this foliage is just bushes and it's end up being the gate and then you go through and it's the compound. And then uh, she described it as she was she was so shocked because it looked like it was some kind of get a, getaway, some resort getaway. Um, I, amazing I, love, I love doing that too because I'm from Louisiana. So being able to describe the, the swamp scene and the malls right. and all that and, and the alligators and the snakes, I mean, that was like stuff we grew up seeing. <laughs> It, you, but you did such a wonderful job of de, of describing. We were I was seeing it through her eyes for the first time. Um, even with um, Israel's boat, when they were on Israel's boat, and uh, oh, that was a that was another great action scene. Um, and when they had to get away on the boat, uh, it was just all of it. I could just visualize it. Um, we have some comments out here. Let's see. Um, she said it was like therapy. She uh, was just so persistent. Oh, yeah. Jay with uh, Samira. Yeah. yeah, she definitely was. She um, and I think it's because her she her her father was in that world. Um, he was a kingpin. So she wasn't new to all of this. No, she grew up. She grew up around it. Uh Yes, I like she liked the breakdown she's saying. And I'm not sure what which scene that we, what we were talking about when she said, nah, I see. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, you did a great job with the world building on that. And just the interactions between it was some very, very intense and dark moments in the book. And uh, Severe has some very traumatizing and th things, um, just the way he lived his life and the things he dealt with um, as an adult. But you brought mm -hmm. in some lighter moments um, throughout because I love, love, love. I was laughing out loud when they were at the compound and Severe had to leave and he told her to stay oh. in the cabin. <laughs> and so she, she goes out and she starts, even though I don't know why he thought, she was gonna send the cap. He left her there with no TV, no phone, no radio, no food. But anyway, so she goes out exploring, and her she goes up to these assassins, these these killers, and starts striking up a conversation. I loved it. I loved it, and they were so like in awe that she was able to be with Severe because they all were like afraid of them. <laughs> yeah, they were afraid for her. Like everybody, right, right. everybody she approached was like, "You're with severe." I right. mean, you, you're you're staying in, you're staying with severe, but are you crazy? <laughs> Does he, is he holding you hostage? I mean, right, they, right. They couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't get it through their head that she was with him. Right, and especially not of her own free will. And so, what was funny to me too is. They just assumed that she was the, his old lady, and so she let him assume that. But the funny part was when Severe came back, and all these people coming up to him saying, "We love your old lady." And and, and keep in mind, audience, that um, they normally would give him a wide berth; they wouldn't come up to him like that. So he's looking like, "What's going on?" That these people are approaching me. They are they're his brothers, but they 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 normally wouldn't interact with him like that. So because Jay. Um, of her personality, it made them want to, you know, they said maybe severe, not this bad. <laughs> no. It's like she was, it was like she was almost giving him a personality. Right. Her. 
And he like, what happened by me being gone? <laughs> and you didn't turn everybody. And, yeah, but he was, like, was I gone that long? Everybody <laughs> now got a damn old lady. What was that? Right, right. <laughs> and the funny part too was he. Um, you did you did a good job of bringing the light with the dark too, as far as his um, his the, the what he heard in his the voice in his head, because the voice in his head was very very dark, but there were some lighter moments too. He because the voice in his head he couldn't he did not like the fact that these people were coming up to Severe talking to him like he was some kind of, <laughs> he like what's going yeah. on <laughs> the demon the, the the demon was um the demon that's in his head has no chill no. He has no give a f's about anything. Right. He will kill anything and everybody. He don't care who. He's just unhinged. Right, it's right. Just so, an unhinged version right. of him that just likes to talk shit and do whatever he wants to do. <laughs> <laughs> so when everybody was coming up to him about about his old lady, how they love her, the demon was like. And that's why I said that we should have killed her by now. You, you wouldn't have to worry about none of this. <laughs> the demon was like, get them away from us. What? what get why? Why are they approaching us? Leave us alone. <laughs> um, uh, forgive me if I mispronounce your name. Is it Algie? 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 She said, um, I called a voice his evil twin. <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> it, for him he had to create that part of himself to survive right. his childhood right and um and like i said even though he he was a killer he was a killer and he enjoyed and he enjoyed the killings but he still had standards that's why he waited before he took uh jade out because he knew he knew something wasn't right just when he was when he was tracking her and you know studying her beforehand he was like something is not right i'm not you know he, and so he didn't just kill just for the sake of killing mm -hmm. um even you know even though he was an assassin or a killer he had he, he had his own own set of standards that he he didn't uh go beyond but um Another thing that I, I love too is you humanized him in different ways. Um, one of them, I love the bond between him and Micah, his cousin Micah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, we didn't um, see him a lot with the other two cousins, but um, even though they were mentioned, um, but him and Micah, I love their relationship. And um, even though what Severe did was put them in, put the, the club in jeopardy, at the end of the day, that was his. That was his cousin, and he loved him, and he had his back. Yeah, I love that. Uh, she said, "May I say that I think this is your only book character that can't get my number." did a good job humanizing him even though he was antisocial he didn't know how to um be quote unquote normal you you've had people in his life like his cousins who kept him kept him around you know kept him human and then another i love and i love animals when they're in the books and um i'm a dog lover but i actually enjoyed this cat scrappy in the book oh this was my first i think this is the first book i wrote with an animal in it yeah, I loved him and I loved how he was perfect for him because it was like he had his personality and it was like they were perfect for each other. And um, I also loved the way uh, when they were telling Jay, uh, don't worry about him. He's going to do his, you know, his therapy. And she asked, what you do mean? And the cat was going around to the different killers, the different, the different members of the um, MC. Um, giving them pet therapy because yeah. they because you know they all have these you know psychological <laughs> I'm sure based on you know what they have to do they all have like issues so yeah. I love that I love that too 
Um, just so much in the book, really, that, that just you did a very good job um, where you balanced the dark with the light. Another light moment was when Jade um, discovered that when she was eating what she thought was tuna fish. This crazy woman. And, you, and, the demon, and when when um when um severe found out that she had what she ate, the demon was like, "Now nah, she eating the damn cat food." We gotta take her out. She eating our cat's food. We gotta take her out. But um, she got to go. But the best part to me of that scene when she when she finds out what she really was eating, severe's reaction because she was at the way she was acting made him. Even though he's never laughed or anything, he couldn't do anything but chuckle because she was. <laughs> I think that was the first time that she saw him laugh. So she was, even though she was um like a little upset about what she had, right. ate, she still acted it out because she wanted to see him laugh. All right. She was perfect, perfect for him. And um, he was perfect for her too. Um even though it took a while for him to realize that. And um, the scene with the tub was so, man. You had me about to, about to message you like, okay, what is going on? Um, but excellent, 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 excellent. That's when, that's uh, the scene in the tub was when he, we won't give it away. We won't give it away. Okay. But you, we can talk about. It, but I don't want to give you know too much away. Yeah, that that that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not gonna say nothing. I'm just gonna leave that alone. <laughs> yeah, you you are. You have to get this book. I'm telling you, um, there was so much to it. So much to the characters. Um, so layered. Um, and you all know I read a lot of books, and I you know so. Uh, for something to stand, it takes a lot for something to stand out, and to, for me, and this really stood out. Um, it was so many different, so many different parts of the book that I I thought were so well done. And thank uh, you, thank you, thank you. You did, did an amazing job. And um, Algie is saying uh, you took me all the way out, and by surprise, yeah, we're not gonna give it away though. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you have to get the book so you will know what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. there's, there's, a, there's a few parts in there that, you, that you're going to be like, what? what? Yes. Huh? Who? Yes. <laughs> but one of my favorite things is strong bonds um, as far as I love alpha men, but I love alpha men who are mush for their women. You know, go like you said, go hard for their women and um, and I also love strong bonds between family and friends. So his bond with Micah was right up there. Oh um, yeah. The bond between those two. And um, I just love the, the entire community at the compound, um, how they were, they were brothers, even though they were uh, afraid of <laughs> severe, he was their brother. And I think when I'm <laughs> even said it, he's my brother, but I would, um, but the guy is crazy or something. He said, I can't remember what he put the exact wording was. Like they respected him, but at yeah. the same time, there was like a standoffish from him because he was just so Out so there. not approachable. He just was not yeah. the person you approached. Right. And uh and Jay, like I said, it was it was funny how when she kept on with him, he would be like, <laughs> you can tell he wanted her to be quiet. But in a way, he actually loved how she drew him out because um, she would ask him, can I touch your hair or whatever? And he would look at her. But then he would say yes. Mm -hmm. So he gave her access that he never gave anyone else other than his cousins. Because she didn't give up on him. Like he, mm -hmm. he told her some stuff that if you told somebody else some of this stuff, they right. would be like, get this crazy man. I am not messing with him. But she still didn't give up. So right. he, that kind of kind of threw him by surprise too. Like, okay, well, okay. Yeah. And like I said, I think because of her background, she she was it wasn't totally new to her that world. So I think that 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 was a 
uh, another thing that was in their favor is that she why she didn't run screaming from the room. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the scene with the when she when he went to go try to find out who was um, who the traitor was um, and who was setting her up. The, just that whole scene when he was trying to get information. Um, loved it, loved it, loved it. The, you know, you just did it. You did a wonderful job. It, it had a lot of the, a lot of everything that I love in books. So um, it's a lot of action. I think I yeah. put a lot of action scenes in this book. Yeah, I think it was even more than it was in um, the Chaos series, and I love that one too. But it's not like this one even we had even more, um, more detailed anyway. Where yes. um, mm -hmm. so you did a great job with that, and. Um, we're almost out of time. I wanted to ask you if you could write in any other genre, what genre would you want to try your hand at? Oh my goodness. Um, I like to read urban fiction. It's like my guilty pleasure. And if I could write any other genre, I would want to write urban fiction, but I'm afraid that I wouldn't get the, the language and stuff right. I wouldn't. Oh. I would probably <laughs> Yes, I would tear it up. So, and I even got ideas for urban fiction books, but I'm scared to write them. Just do, like you said, do your research and look at a bunch of uh, films and stuff in that genre. And, um, but, um, but I think that would be a good fit for you too. Yeah, I can see it. And another question: What keeps you motivated in writing and in life? Um, for me, um, I'm the oldest of seven. So, um, you know, communicating with my sisters and brothers, seeing them do good, it makes me happy. Um, being able to help them makes me happy. Um, for me, uh, the readers motivate me the most. Um, yeah. When they ask, like how they ask, kept asking for severe, um, there goes severe. Right. Um, they, send, they send me music. They send me encouraging words. That's so motivating. Um, they they um it's another book um it wasn't supposed to be a book but it turned the third chaos book wasn't even supposed to be a book but the case the readers kept asking for uh tywin and patrina and they're okay. kind of another chaos book so the readers is my main probably one of my main motivators when it comes to my writing because their feedback and i don't even think they think that i'm listening or even yeah. you know considering what they're saying and i i do I love that. And as a reader, I love that. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to see, well, do you have anything coming out um, that you can discuss that you have coming up? Yes. Uh, and it's, it's probably going to be in my newsletter coming up this weekend. Um, the Twisted series is, uh, I was supposed to do this last year, but I got sidetracked because I did some author projects because we wanted to get USA Today. So, um, everything I was supposed to do got shifted back like almost a whole year. I was okay. supposed to re revamp the Twisted series. So I'm revamping it. It's going to be a um, box set and it's going to have a, um, a bonus novella in that box set. And oh, so that would be a good time for me to, to read it then, huh? Because I yeah. said that's one of the ones I didn't read of yours. <laughs> it's going to be the first five books in a, um, in a bonus novella. And then I'm going to do all the single books and then all the single books is going to have bonus material in those books too. So the okay. Twisted Theory and they're going to have new covers. So we get new covers, we get the novella and we're getting bonus material in the Twisted Series. It's getting revamped. And I'm doing all this revamping and bonus because I am working on book six, which is D. Michael's books. So I want to get everything out and then here comes D. Michael's. So what's the time frame as far as the uh, the revamp? Uh, we right now the twisted series is with editors because I'm getting okay. it re-edited. So if it's got any errors or anything in there, we're fixing them. Um, I'm getting the novella edited, so I'm hoping to get that out in early November, first second week in November. Okay. And then these book, I started writing it, and I'm a pretty slow writer, so I would say January, February, we might have these book out. And then I even started on Micah, which is Severe's cousin. Oh! 
So we gonna, I know next year we're gonna at least get a six book in Twisted and we're gonna get Micah's book because I've started writing those two. Oh my goodness, you know you just made my day telling me I'm gonna get Micah's story. I cannot wait. <laughs> I cannot wait, oh my goodness. So I'm gonna be looking out for all of these, um, uh, all everything that you have coming up, and we'll have to have you back, especially when Micah's book come out. Oh my God, that dude is in my head. Oh, him, <laughs> him and uh, D is in my head fighting over it, uh, who who I need to finish first and what I need to write, and I'm like, oh my goodness. Now, are you going? Are you planning on doing all three of the cousins, or you don't know yet? Um, I do. I. I have to now because um, I got for Micah already, and I got a book cover for Eli, the okay. other one. Okay. I love it. I love it. I can't wait. <laughs> All right. I want to thank you again for coming on the show. It was a pleasure. Like I said, it was good to finally meet you in person. We always were able to talk on social media, but not see yeah. each other. So um, it's good to see your face. Thank and, you. Um, like I said, um, I definitely would like to have you back when um, Michael's book comes out. And I can't wait to read Twisted series. <laughs> like you said, if I, if I read Severe, I'd be able to handle it. So that's oh, good. yeah, you can handle Twisted. Okay, sounds good. All right. Um, well, thank you for coming on. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank everyone in the audience who came out and um, participated. I, I appreciate it. And make sure to share the broadcast. Thank you, and I'll see you next week. All right. Thanks for having me. Thank you, everyone, for showing up. I appreciate it. All right. Have a good evening.